The U.S. Forest Service is nearing a decision on whether to build a 130-mile trail for off-highway vehicles in the Ochico National Forest. Final comments have been accepted by those who favor the trail and those who oppose it. I'm Brian Jennings for The Source Weekly. In the following order, we talked with opponent Sarah Cuddy of Oregon Wild, a statewide conservation organization, Richard Nelson of the Oregon Hunters Association, and Larry Ulrich of the Ochico Trail Riders Association, who favors the trail. This is SourceCast. Sarah, tell me why do we need a new trail for OHVs in the Ochico Mountains, or do we? Yeah, I, I guess my opinion would be that we do not need another trail system in the Ochico National Forest. Um, in central Oregon alone, there are uh, 10 developed systems for OHV users and over 1,000 miles of legal trails for that user group to access. In terms of open roads for OHV use, between the Deschutes and the Ochico National Forest, there are over 9,000 miles um, for OHV use. Um, so I think the, the purpose and need in the Ochicos just is not there. Uh, there are roads crisscrossing most of the Ochico National Forest, and to further fragment um, this area, known for its wildlife and its scenic beauty with additional OHV trail systems, uh, seems a little counterproductive. Many people visit the Ochicos um, for their scenic recreational opportunities. Uh, It's very, uh, it's got a secluded, solitude, quiet uh, character about them. Uh, And keeping the Ochicos, keeping the character of the Ochicos intact, I think is a value for for many user groups. And to have um, an OHV trail system designated for motorized use would really disrupt that secluded solitude character that you get when you travel to the Ochicos. Do you see OHV damage in the Ochicos? Yes. Um, there is extensive illegal trail systems in the Ochicos. Uh, in the uh, FEIS, the Final Environmental Impact Statement released by the Forest Service, uh, in this Ochico Summit Trail System project area, which is about 300, just over 300,000 acres, uh, there were over 700 identified miles of illegal OHV access and trails. And, and that's just in, you know, one-third of the Ochico National Forest. There is another 600,000 acres, roughly, for the Ochicos, and then the Crooked River National Grasslands, uh, where there are potentially hundreds, if not thousands, of miles of illegal trail activity. And, and the effects are there. Um, you know, the, the important tributaries that feed the North Fork of the Crooked River, um, there's, there's a lot of trail activity and soil erosion happening in some of those tributaries, uh, cutting through old-growth stands of ponderosa pine, um, and uh, affecting the wildlife. Does this lend more urgency to your proposal at Oregon Wild to then protect the Ochicos? You know, I think it it definitely uh, starts an interesting conversation about what people want the future of the Ochicos to look like. I think um, many have uh, argued to to keep the Ochicos as is, to kind of leave it be, uh, and uh, I also wish that were an option, but going with the status quo doesn't necessarily mean that the Ochicos will be left untouched. And I think this proposal is, uh, the OHV proposal, is uh, a very um, good example of that. 
when we are promoting recreation and we want people to utilize the Ochocos, I think conservation becomes increasingly important in protecting the wildlife and the watershed and, and some of that low-impact recreation that we value as Oregonians and Central Oregonians. So I think a, a national recreation area designation uh, with additional wilderness designations uh, would help uh, conserve some of the really valuable parts of the Ochocos while we are planning and preparing for additional recreation growth. We also see census data out of Portland State University that this area, Central Oregon, is going to double in population in the next 50 years. And there are forecasts that already Crook County, where the Ochocos, a large part of the Ochocos is located, is growing as well. Mm -hmm. So this is going to put more pressure. How do we deal with that pressure? Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I think uh, given the population growth statistics for Central Oregon and and the population growth for Kirk County, uh, the user pressure on the Ochocos also increases. Um, and looking at the Deschutes and some of the recreation uh, management that that goes on here, uh, it, it would be great to get ahead of the curve in the Ochocos and and a national recreation area designation and some wilderness. Um, pockets of wilderness designated, would help craft uh, a thoughtful recreation plan for the future of the Ochocos. It's proactively planning for some of this increase in use that we're already seeing and that we will continue to see for the next several decades, if not more. Why do we need a new trail? We don't. We've already got, by their own definition, over 900 miles in Central Oregon more than any place else in the nation. It's not like they're short. They've got a lot of places to ride, and as I'm pointing out in my letter, they're never going to be satisfied that this is going to be a foot in the door. And they've already said that. They want more because they get tired of riding in the same place, so they want something new and different all the time. So once they use this, my fear being that uh, what's going to happen next is that They'll want more, and they'll get it, and they'll use this EIS to justify it. Do you see a lack of big game because of motorized traffic out there? Oh, absolutely. Um, well, yeah, it destroys the hunted. You know, elk won't tolerate that. <laughs> They're going to leave, they, and they did. I mean, that's just not a... The only chance you ever got is if somebody goes down a private ground and pushes them back up. And one of the things I've pushed is the fact... We're talking about spending over a million dollars tax money uh, to build that. And by their own admission, every three to five years, they're going to have to rebuild it. So it's a perpetual draw on a forest service that says they don't have enough money uh, to maintain the roads that are there. So uh, to me, it makes no sense. Larry, let's begin by talking about the Ochocos and how special they are. A great national forest, a lot of people recreate there. Uh, including people who, who drive ATVs and OHVs, as they're called today. You're one of those. You you like that area. Yeah, and I wouldn't say that there's a lot of people there, because I go up there all the time, and I see hardly anybody. Memorial weekend, Labor Day weekend, and hunting season. Other than that, no. Pretty wide open at the, in between. Big, big forest. Why do we need an OHV trail? Because there's only one trail on the Ochoa's right now, the Green Mountain Trail, which is only eight miles long. And since travel management, you can't ride cross-country anymore. There used to be a lot of cross-country riding up there. 
uh, a lot of the old level one roads which are still shown on forest service maps but they're closed but it was open to ohv cross-country travel so we rode a lot of those old level one roads which basically be, became trails well those aren't legal anymore so travel management kind of mandated that uh, if we're going to close the forest, you need to have a trail system. So that's when we start really pushing. Now, when you refer to level one roads, exactly what are those? They were put in during logging. A lot of them are dead end. They're called level one roads because they're supposed to be closed to the public. Uh, but a lot of them have been, you know, they might have closed them, but they, people just kept driving them and driving with Jeeps and stuff. And a lot of them, you can't already see them. They're still there. But they, they call them level one roads because they want to have the ability to reopen them if they're doing more logging. So the Forest Service keeps them on their maps. Well, they, some of them are very inaccessible because they're growing over, but may, mainly for, for timber sales. So you're saying that you can't get to the trails that are um, uh, legal to drive on with an OHV right now? They're pretty restricted because they close so many of the connecting roads. You'd have to trailer your ATV to a spot, unload it, ride up a, a road maybe two miles. Those are level two roads, which are open. Uh, but then that's all you can do is come back and load it up in your trailer and go to the next one, where if you could ride, you could connect them all. It's no problem. Now tell us about the Summit Trail proposal itself. How big of a trail is this, and, and what would that mean to you? Well, it's not near as big as we wanted, uh, Back in 1996, Dick DuFord wrote an EA for a 500-mile system. This system, as it looks like it's going to come out, is about 130 miles. And of that 130 miles, only 50 is actually brand-new cross-country trail. It's all level one roads or open roads. So it's, uh, we had meetings, many, many, many travel management meetings. And during the course of that meetings, we decided that Ochico Summit area was where the trail would be best suited. And we had people from Oregon Hunters Association. We had environmentalists. We had uh, people from every group saying, yeah, that's probably the best place is where the Ochico Summit's going to be. Now, some of those groups, like uh, the Oregon Hunters Association, the Bend chapter, is opposed to the uh, development of a summit trail at this point. What do you say to those groups who are skeptical of it, afraid of it? Do they have any fear well, they probably run into a lot of loud ATVs. Uh, in order to ride a trail system, you have to be silent, have a silencer on it, meet a certain decibel rating, has to have a spark arrester. Um, I don't think the most of them are even going to hear anything out there because the trails are off away from the roads and, and away from any campgrounds and things like that. They aren't going to even hear them. And uh, I've been for years, I was... Uh, riding out in the East Fort Rock trail system before it was ever a trail system. And China Hat area out there was one of the most popular deer hunting areas in the state. Still is. Still get a lot of deer out there. And when I've been working out there, grooming trails, you see hundreds of deer all the time. So I can't agree with it. They're worth scaring any deer off or things like that. I don't go along with that. Public lands are here for everybody to enjoy. Do you think there can be a balance and everybody get along? I don't see why not. There's such a huge forest, and uh, a lot of people don't even know about East Four Rock, which is 318 miles of trails out there. The bad thing about all of our existing systems here in Central Oregon is they're volcanic ash. They're really dusty in the summertime. 
Ochico's is clay. It's it's a little bit dusty. The roads are dusty because they got volcanic ash cinders on them, but um, all the Jeep roads and trails are very little dust. Plus, it's a beautiful forest. We went right over there. Just, we went and enjoyed it just like everybody else. So your message to, to groups of hunters who are concerned about noise and driving elk off, what would you say to them? I, I just don't believe it because I've been around uh, motorcycles and quads for the last 50 years, and I just don't believe it. I mean, I've, I went by I don't know how many deer in East Fort Rock System right next to the trail. They just look at you going by. You have to chase them before they, they'll get scared. And as far as noise go, um, the diesel pickups out there are a lot noisier than any OHV. Now, is that the same for elk? I haven't seen that many elk because they're, they're just uh, they're a wary animal. Uh, they hear you coming and they leave. You see one once in a while, but there just aren't. Elk have, have uh, moved around a lot over the last 100 years. Man's been here. Uh, I see more elk out in the Millican uh, area up above the Crooked River on the desert than I've ever seen in the woods. There's huge herds out there. Or in alfalfa fields. Yeah. So are you optimistic that something is going to happen in your favor, uh, that you'll be able to get a trail system in the Yochikos? Well, I would certainly hope so. We started this in 2003. We used to do a lot of riding in the Mackay Creek area. And we were seeing a lot of uh, mud bogging and damage was being done there. So we went to the Art Courier, who was the district ranger at the time, and told him, we need to put a trail system in here. Because it's been proven if I have a trail system, it cuts down on the illegal mud bogging and stuff. And he thought that was a great idea. He wanted us to go out and not only map that, but the whole forest. So we went out and we really spent a lot of time. All that summer, we turned in maps to him and... That's just about the time the travel management started coming on, and that all put a kind of a kibosh to that system. But then the uh, forest supervisor said we would have a system in the Mackay Creek. But then he bowed to environmentalists and people in his own staff that didn't want it there. So that's what happened with travel management meetings. We decided on Ochoco Summit. Are there other areas you would like to see systems uh, developed in central Oregon? Not really. Uh, the Ochoco is kind of the last remaining one. I'm Brian Jennings for the Source Weekly, and you've been listening to SourceCast, also online at bendsource.com. 